0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sleep Study Podcast, where we take the time to explore the ever-so-cryptic lyrics of the band Sleep Token. Today, we'll be examining the 10th song on the Sundowning album, and man, is it hard to believe that we have made it this far already. Uh, This has been an absolute blast, but y'all, I am so tired. Um... I did not sleep at all last night, and I've been working on this all day. This should release, hopefully, about midnight tonight, and as as much as I would love to say that that's intentional and there's a cool reason behind it, it literally just takes me all day to type these things. I have really bad ADHD. It takes me forever to type things out, but anyways, the track we'll be exploring today is called Say That You Will, and though this isn't most people's favorite song on this album, there is still plenty that you can appreciate if we examine this song really closely. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into the show. Have you ever had someone promise to change for you? How did that work out in the long run? You see, something I've come to understand is that people aren't necessarily averse to change as long as it's their idea, but people really don't like it when someone else tries to change them. Those kinds of changes tend not to last very long. Uh, We've actually, we've developed this trope in our culture that is really not doing us any favors either. It's the I can change him trope or the I can change her trope. And listen, I get it. There is something romantic about the idea that someone was willing to give up something of themselves or change in some significant way for you. I I get the appeal of that, and it's a great fictional trope, and it works great for rom-coms, but it's very, very rarely ever plays out very well in reality. Even if someone does quote-unquote change for you, can you really be secure in that change? I mean, did anything inside of them really change, or are they just behaving in such a way that they know will appease you? If that's the case, that can be a really slippery slope to resentment. The point I'm trying to make here is that rarely does anyone actually change in order to be with someone. They just suppress a part of themselves that they know you won't like Uh, This kind of change can be very fickle in the long run and can lead to insecurity in the person pushing for the change and resentment from the person being changed. So sure, you may have solved the immediate problem for now, but you probably shouldn't be surprised when it pops its head back up later on sometime, sometime down the line. And so if we understand this about ourselves, that we don't like being changed I think we can better understand what's kind of being communicated in this song, Say That You Will. So with that in mind, let's take a look at verse 1. Alright, verse 1. Is that a word you said, my love? Or just a gesture in tongues Well i live to guess your sorrow and you live to empty my lungs you've got me up in a frenzy again and i know you're planning to leave in the end this opening line is actually pretty interesting for me coming from a christian perspective uh, speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift in which someone is given the ability to speak in a language that they have never learned before for the purpose of sharing the gospel with someone who does speak that language. Likewise, there is a corresponding spiritual gift in which someone who has also never heard that language is now able to understand it and interpret it for others in the room if this is happening in a group setting uh, where not everyone speaks the same language. And this actually was not a very uncommon occurrence in the early church. It was uh, very diverse as far as people who were joining it. So, there's your Bible trivia for the day. Go impress your friends. However, what most people think of today, whenever they speak of, well, speaking in tongues, is a bunch of people in a church passing out in pews and babbling incoherent nonsense at the same time. I definitely have some thoughts about that, but that's not why you're here, so I'm going to spare you the time. And because this has unfortunately become what most people outside of Christianity associate with speaking in tongues... This is probably what Vessel is thinking of when he writes this line. So based on that, I believe what's being asked here is, well, did you just say something, or are you just talking nonsense? And in the context of this verse, I believe it's Vessel talking to sleep. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I've changed my mind on that, and I'm sorry if later future host jumps in here and corrects me all the same. But for now, this is what I think is happening. Remember, Vessel's purpose is to be Sleep's mouthpiece. But for their relationship, their relationship has been sort of rocky throughout most of this album. And because of that, Sleep seems to have spent a lot less time speaking through him as much as it has speaking to him directly. In the last song, we see Vessel desperately trying to reconcile with Sleep, and Sleep's lack of trust in Vessel's honesty. So, from that point on, Vessel has probably been patiently waiting for Sleep to speak through him again, and give him his purpose back. But he's still having a hard time differentiating if the words he speaks are actually his own, or Sleep's. And I believe that is what Vessel is trying to depict for us here. As he waits... He is wondering if sleep has just said something through him, or if he is just gesturing in tongues and babbling nonsense. Vessel says he lives to guess sleep's sorrow. His entire existence now is wrapped up in trying to understand sleep on an intimate level, trying to understand why it is, why it is the way that it is, trying to understand why his love is not enough to make sleep happy. Meanwhile, sleep exists to empty Vessel's lungs. Vessel is saying that sleep exists to take his breath away. It's, a, it's romantic love, because romantic love is all he's ever wanted from sleep. Sleep takes his breath away, so why isn't he enough? Why isn't his love enough? Sleep is driving him into a frenzy. Driving him to rage, because he knows that no matter what levels of madness he may stoop to in order to appease it, no matter what morals he may be willing to toss aside to do its will, sleep will always leave him in the end. And even after everything they've put each other through in this album, this time will be no different. Let's take a look at the chorus. Won't you say that you will? Let the impulse of love and the instinct to kill entangle to one. In this light you are mine, till the sweat turns to blood. Won't you say that you will, even if you won't? I believe this chorus is Sleep's response to Vessel. Sleep can see how worked up and angry that Vessel has become, It wants him to channel that fury. Sleep wants him to promise that he will allow his impulse to love and his instinct to kill to come together and entangle into one. In other words, if Vessel has this desperate impulse to love, but also has this violent instinct within himself, why not blend the two together? Let blood be the language through which he communicates his love for sleep. We've talked a lot in the last episode about love languages, and how in order for a relationship to work, you have to be willing to accommodate to your partner's love language. Well, this is sleep accommodating. If Vessel wants a romantic relationship with sleep so bad, then it will give him what he wants. But, is Vessel going to be the kind of man that sleep is willing to be with, or is he still going to insist on his own definition of love. If if sleep is going to do this, if sleep is going to be willing to do this, he has to be willing to put in the work. He has to be willing to accommodate as well. Sleep wants a man who is willing to kill for its love, who expresses his love through the blood that he sheds in sleep's name. I'm pretty sure my wife has read a book like this once. Vessel has to be the kind of man who allows his impulse to love and his instinct to kill. To become one and the same. The light that sleep is referring to in this next line, I'm pretty sure is referring to the low light, which is the night. Uh, we talked about this in the song, The Night Does Not Belong to God. It's the low light, yeah, you know, the, the same place where the whites of Vessel's eyes turn black like a shark that's just got a whiff of blood. Sleep is saying that in this low light, they will be together. Until the sweat turns to blood. This is a weird line, but I believe it's actually another biblical reference. Uh, So, in reference to the whole sweat turning to blood thing, uh, that is an actual thing that can happen in very rare instances of extreme fear, stress, or anguish. And I'm totally going to butcher the pronouncement of this. It is called hematidrosis? That's probably wrong. In the Gospel of Luke, the author includes that while Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, his sweat became like heavy drops of blood. And seeing as he was about to be brutally tortured and crucified while simultaneously drinking the full cup of God's wrath for the sins of the world, I think that qualifies as a cause of extreme fear or stress. Sleep is essentially saying, in this low light, we will be together until fear separates us again. And there's a lot for both of them to be afraid of in this relationship. Sleep is afraid of this romantic intimacy that Vessel desires. And Vessel is afraid of what sleep might make him do to earn that intimacy. But the time to worry about that is not now. For now, they can reconcile and they can come back together. Sleep then asks Vessel once again, to say that he will do all of this, even if he won't. Sleep knows that Vessel is probably going to fail at doing everything that it wants him to do. But for now, if Vessel says that he is willing to do it, if Vessel says that he is willing to change, Sleep is just going to have to trust that he's being honest, even if it knows that he will inevitably fail in the end. Let's take a look at verse 2. Is that a glint in your eye? Is that a blade in your palm? Well, I am yours tonight, so will you lay in my arms? You've got me up in a frenzy again, and I know you're planning to leave in the end. This next verse, I believe makes the most sense coming from Sleep's perspective. Sleep can see that Vessel has a glint in his eye now, and according to the Cambridge Dictionary, If you have a glint in your eye, your eyes shine with excitement or because you are going to do something bad. And seeing as Vessel now has a blade in his palm, I think it is safe to say he's about to do something bad. He is picking up the blade. Uh, Vessel is showing Sleep that he is ready to do whatever Sleep asks him to do. If Sleep wants to test his worth in blood... Then Vessel is ready for the task. He is finally ready to speak a love language that sleep can understand violence. He's putting down the roses and he's picking up the sword. And sleep is pleased by this. Sleep tells Vessel that tonight I am yours and invites him to lay in its arms again. And it's here that the meaning of frenzy, I think, kind of starts to change its emphasis. At its core, a frenzy is a state or a period of uncontrolled excitement or wild behavior. It can be used in the context of rage, as it is with Vessel, but it is likely being used here in regard to love. Sleep and Vessel have deprived each other of love for so long that when they finally reconcile with one another, it sends them into a frenzy of love and I'm just going to let you use your imagination for what all that entails, but yet, still in the back of their mind, in the back of Sleep's mind, it knows that this probably is not going to last. Vessel will inevitably try to leave again. To understand this better, if you've ever broken up with someone, only to get back together with them despite your better judgment, I imagine this is kind of how Sleep feels right now. Sure, they're back together now, and that's great, but has anything really changed? Have either of them really changed in a significant enough way to make it last this time? Or are they both just telling each other what they want to hear? Are they both just saying that they will? Only time will tell, but for now, they are in a frenzy for one another. So, in summary... This is a song about change. Vessel and Sleep are both making the choice to change and accommodate to the other person's desires in order to preserve the relationship. Sleep will express its love for Vessel through romantic intimacy, and Vessel will express his love for Sleep through blood. The longevity of this change is certainly in doubt for both parties involved, but for now, they are together again and allowing themselves to go into a frenzy for one another. And that about does it for this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure to give it a, a five-star on whatever pod- podcast platform you're listening on. It really does help the podcast grow and reach the ears of others who are interested in this kind of content, like yourself. Next episode, we'll be exploring the song on this album that probably one to makes me ugly cry the most, Drag Me Under. But until next time, thank you all for listening to the podcast. I love you all, and I hope you all have a wonderful day or night. Worship.